welcome everybody to another edition of the Heat Ratio Podcast. Here we are on Fat Tuesday Hangover, celebrating Mardi Gras. Uh, I'm your host, Tony Cotillo, joined as always by John Coker and Coach Dave Dixon. And while everybody is celebrating, you know, was celebrating yesterday, the day before they say goodbye to me, which is kind of like a revolution of all married men over the age of 30. Goodbye, but, me. Yeah. <laughs> goodbye, me. Right. Goodbye, me, unless we're talking about your own. But that's, we'll, we'll get into Fat Tuesday later. But the reason why we're celebrating is a historical signing of Mr. Bryce Harper. And if you guys remember, the reason why we, we're, we're talking about this first on the show, because obviously not because it's just Philadelphia, not because it's Philly's talk, it's because this is a national trending story, a historical contract. And when we went off the air last Wednesday, you know, we went around and we said, what do you think? Are we going to sign him or not? And most of us were had that uneasy feeling that, you know, this was a guy that Dodgers or the Giants were going to get. And it comes down Thursday that all of a sudden around like, maybe 2.30, 3 o'clock, Philly signed Bryce Harbor by, you know, re- firstly reported by John Heyman, who was all over the mat when it comes to, you know, fictional tales and fictional tweets. But he got it first, and the celebration has only begun, and I don't see it ending for a very long time. Uh, what, do you got, what did you guys feel when you heard the Bryce Harbor news? Yeah, John. It's about time. I mean, I still. <laughs> that is true. I, that's I good. Expected, that's a good phrase for that. I expected all along him to go to the Phillies. He didn't want the short-term deal. I know he may have wanted to play on the West Coast, but if they're not giving him the right contract and the right cash, and it's not the right situation, so uh, it doesn't overly surprise me. But yeah, I think a lot of the rumors of him not signing with Philly were because of the frustration. You know, everybody's frustrated. And he keeps him hawing around, but. Um, I was surprised it went to a 13-year deal. Um, you know, all that does is spread the money out a little further. Um, you know, when you're signing a guy 10-year, 13-year, does it really matter? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, no. They did what it, they needed to to get it done. Instantly makes the team better. Um, yeah, and uh, we'll see how it goes. That, that that spreading the money out is a huge deal. I mean, you mentioned, I mean, you're talking – what, what, what's historic about this contract to me is that it's actually not a bad contract. And and I know people say, oh, 13 years, 13 years, 13 years. Stop worrying about the 13 years. Just don't worry about the 13 years. I don't want – listen, I'll be 50-plus years old when this contract's over. So I definitely don't want to think about 13 years. But to know that essentially Bryce Harper is playing for you for an extra basically $4 million more than what he got paid last year in Washington for essentially the next 13 years is ridiculous. Okay, that's you you spend an extra 4 to $5 million to get a perennial MVP in the middle of your lineup for the next 10-plus years. That's unheard of. It is. And as much as I can't stand Matt Clintac, and I, you know, I, I think he's so vanilla, and I'm going to get into why I can't stand him later, but this is a really good deal for the Philadelphia Phillies. And I know all the haters are out there from Washington. You know, it was great. Somebody posted a story, you know, last year when at the Washington Post how they should give Bryce Harper $500 million to keep him because they think he's that, that kind of generational talent. And then the same writer comes back after the contract and says how horrible a $330 million contract is. So, come on, dude. get up, Stop drinking the haterade. All right? It is what it is. <laughs> Hater right, rate. it's That's haterade, awesome. man. That's all it is. It's haterade. I love that. So you're 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 you lost them. It is what it is. It happens all the time. We've dealt with it here in Philadelphia. We've lost superstars to you know because we didn't want to pay them. Hey, listen, he's not Bryce Harper, but we all wanted to keep Jason Worth. But guess what? He went for seventy plus million dollars right down the road to Washington. So we felt the same kind of way. Not the same power of player, but the same kind of deal. So what do you think, Dave? What were your thoughts when you first heard the contract? Oh, man, I, I, <laughs> I, like- I, it's it's amazing. I mean, when I first heard it, at thirteen years, three hundred thirty million, and no opt out, no opt out. Which like, and we talked about that for how long, right? Yeah, I was like, give him the opt out, give him three years, whatever, right. pay him whatever he yep. wants, and get him here. Um, <clears throat> it sounds to me like he wanted to be here, and after all the speculation and all the, you know, I. Just, he's going to the West Coast. As soon as I heard the Dodgers, like we talked about, yep. we're back involved in the Giants now. I'm like, this kid doesn't want to be here. 
You just signed a contract with the Phillies for 13 years, no opt-out, and you did it exactly what you talked about a couple minutes ago, that basically is 25 per year, and the last three years actually come down to like 22. You you make it very friendly and very uh, uh, affordable for Phillies to go out and get and pursue other high priced high priced like free that, agents. that special guy in los angeles yeah that yeah. mr harper has spoken of at least twice already yeah so i mean that's trout is definitely on everybody's mind even with signing bryce trout is still the big fish no pun intended right because trout is a fish right john that is. That I'm is not correct. a fisherman, but that is yeah. correct. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a fisherman. He's, he's, cous- he's cousins with uh, Tim Salmon. <laughs> Tim Sat. Wow, great outfielder for the Angels as well. Yeah, had a long career. Anyway, that was very nice. Tim Salmon. So Bryce is he? I just hope Kapler doesn't screw this up. See that? I I, I agree. And I know I'm I'm going ahead a little bit. That's but okay. Kapler Kapler's going to come to Bryce and say one day I can just I, you know obviously we're just making fun here but you know what Bryce I think um, according to the analytics today you'll bat seventh today and and uh, you know I I know it's not going to happen but if he tries to pull this stupid stuff off you know he's either batting second or third in my opinion uh, Bryce Harper uh, uh, look see, we're going to go we're, we're going to go into that a little bit because John's got a nice because I disagree. Uh, but we're going to go through that, which I think is a good point. But could you imagine him telling Bryce Harper that? Here's what. Here's my feelings that. Let's let's play off that story a little bit. So he goes and tells Bryce, and Bryce, being a professional, just says, "Yeah, okay." And then he goes and tells his dad, who's got one of the biggest forearms I've ever seen, uh, let let alone Bryce's forearms, right? And then he's got that big black beard looking like who was that closer from uh, the Giants? Brian Wilson, yeah, right, right, yep, that big Brian dark Wilson. beard, right? Yeah. This guy just gets in Cap's face and Cap just. Uh, okay, boss. Yeah, yeah. we're going to put him back to three or four. I mean, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, look. I think he fears him. You, well, you guys are talking about here. Here's what I think. Kapler was farting around last season. He didn't have a club that was really supposed to contend. They were an up-and-coming team. They were not Good supposed point. to contend last year. All the criticism he got in the first two months of the season, you know what I mean? I'm not saying I don't even know how he finished. I mean, I know the Phillies stuck 80 and 82. End. Well, no, I know them. <laughs> I'm saying his coaching, oh, his in, coaching in terms of did he improve from what we saw in April and May, which was not very good. But this was his, his first go-round, you know what I mean, coaching. So you give him a little bit of blow. Now you got McCutcheon there. You got Segura there. You still got the veterans, you know. You got you got Arietta. I mean, he was already there. But you look at the ads with Segura, McCutcheon. Now you're adding Harper and Rio Muto. Look, you, they the Phillies just gave him everything to his disposal yep. to not only win the NL East but to win a World Series. You're okay? absolutely right. He is not a stupid guy. He knows I can't be screwing around doing these little tricks and. Look, analytics are one thing, but he ain't gonna. He's not gonna start taking these, you know, past MVPs and start tinkering with them. He's not gonna do it because he's smarter than that. And if he does, he won't be the manager next year. Like I, I'm talking to 2020. That that's plain and simple. I agree. It's 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 the Brett Brown effect. And I know Brett Brown's had a longer lease, but it's the same kind of thing. I mean, we're giving you how many more superstars do you want? How many more bench players do you want? We're giving you what you need to succeed. So we need to see results now. We really do. Uh, but it's funny because, you know, getting back to the contract a little bit, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I read a lot of stuff and I see with different opinions. And um, first of all, you have the the one end of the spectrum where people say, uh, you know what, 13, it's great. Like Dave said, I, you know, he must have really wanted to be here. No opt-outs. You know, 13 years, he wanted to lock into his place. But then you have the other people to say, well, that's just because he's kind of lazy because, he wanted to lock into a long-term deal knowing he could just kind of cruise thir- for 13 years. And instead of saying, all right, I'll take the short-term deal because I know I'm going to put up massive numbers you know, in four years and then get another contract. I, I don't think you can win as a baseball player because I think you, you, know, you could go by that logic on either scale. And no matter what, it's, it, you know what I mean? Like Bryce can't win, not just Bryce, but players can't win. And I don't. I rarely stick up for the players, but if you had a short-term deal, everybody would have been like, "Oh, what, Bryce? Uh, you didn't want a long-term deal? What? What about security? He takes a long-term deal, and everybody's like, "Oh, what? Maybe he didn't want a short-term deal because he was afraid he wasn't going to be able to produce." It's ridiculous, and I, I love the answer he had, and I love it because we talked about it on this show. You know, 
I thought one of the dumbest questions in the in the, in the post game or in the press conference was, "Hey, hey Bryce, when you know, or or hey John, when we were talking about spending, when you said talking about spending stupid money, was this kind of what you meant?" I don't know why. Why would you ask that question, right? So I like Bryce took the mic and Bryce was like, "Listen, um, I don't think it's it's stupid money right now. Last time I checked, baseball is a one point something billion dollar business, and I think some of that money should come back to the players. And it's exactly what we talked about. I mean, you go back knowing that his his father was what kind of union, uh, iron worker, right, Dave? He was a rod setter, right? Right. right? Yeah. So you go to that, and the first thing in a union negotiation is you go, "How much money did you guys make last year?" Right, and you're breaking me off eighty cents. How come I can't get a dollar and a quarter an hour? So even though it's in layman's terms, it's the same thing that we everyday blue collar guys yeah. think. So I love the answer. I did. Yes. I exactly. I, I, I loved it. I really do. I, I really do it. And listen, you know, I, I think the Gabe thing is is real. I I think Gabe is starting to think like I can't mess this up, and I think that's a good thing. You know, he he tinkered way too much. Even if it is for what you said, John, which I agree, he really didn't have that bomber. You know, he had Reese, who we know Reese is kind of like a Pat Barrel on steroids. He's also a, he's also a <laughs> you young, know what I mean? he's also a younger guy. That's he you, you, he still needs to develop as a ball player right. and as a man. You know, but he's very low key. Is what I mean. We've yeah. always talked about we don't have a face in this franchise. We don't have a guy that's going to be on a poster. But now we got a guy who's on the front of MLB the Show 2019 on a PS4 video game. So we got the guy. Okay, that's what they needed, and this is the deal that they had to make. And and Middleton was was on a. Not w not WIP yesterday, and they asked someone. He said that listen, this is this is what we needed. We needed this guy uh, to be a part of this team in order for us to get the recognition and entice other players to come here. Which uh, it, it was just fantastic on all fronts. It really was. So I, I mean, <clears throat> signing signing them is outstanding. I think we should all before the end of the show maybe put a little wager on the Philly starting lineup. Um, yeah, we're gonna. Talk, we are and, definitely gonna talk about that and, and and see what everybody goes with, and then whoever when I win, will take <laughs> will take me out to lunch. How's that sound? Great. Sure. Yeah, I'll put I'll put my money on a sure bet. Oh, there you go. That's what I want to hear. I like competition. It. Always bet. I always bet on what? <laughs> on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So, I thought some other things. Uh, listening to the day after the signing. Um, uh, who was on the uh, – Harold Reynolds was on MLB. No, he was on 97.5. Okay. And he was talking – I like Harold Reynolds. Yes. And apparently Harold Reynolds was at Bryce's wedding. Really? Right, yeah. They're, I didn't know. They're okay. really, apparently they're very tight. And, oh, that's and, and that's Howard nice Reynolds, info. I didn't know that. First thing he said is that everybody's going to love this kid. He's a hard worker and he he's down to earth. And Howard Reynolds talks about him, his growing up. He, you know, he picked – his first year in MLB, Harold Reynolds does an interview with him. Uh, Bryce goes and picks him up at the airport and where he lives in Nevada or whatever, drives him, drives him past the rich high school and then gets to his high school, which is in a bad part of town, and said, this is where I went to high school. And he goes into the high school with the kids, and, and he said that Bryce Harper was engaging to all kinds and that, that he just has that ability, and he's truly uh, blue-collar. Yep. gets it type of a fella, which, uh, you know, I love. I And and part of that we've seen with not taking number 34. That was, yeah. You know, and I see some of the, the, the Philadelphia fans, no one should wear number three, uh, you know, what, because of Babe Ruth. And this is what people don't understand. Philly, This is Philly fans now yep. that don't know their history. One of the best Phillies ever was, and maybe if you tell me not wear it this way, was Chuck Klein. Yep. Right, wore it in 1932. But then there's several names that we know wore it after that. Dale Murphy Dale. in 92, Todd Pratt in 05, <laughs> Hunter Pence. Hunter Pence. Right, Marlon Bird, Jeff Francoeur, and the other kid is – Half that list is Phillies, dude. <laughs> well, that's what he that's said. What I'm saying. Oh, Ford oh, oh. Philly. Thank you for pointing that out, yeah. John. They are Phillies. John, yeah. you catch all fast. Yeah. <laughs> and listen, I know I'm not a fast <laughs> talker, but – that's good. good. That was my point. That's they, the they Pittsburgh. That's the Pittsburgh coming out. That's a, they are oh Phillies. My, uh, forget it. 
your, my point, John, was that people were upset that Bryce took number three. Philly fans are upset that Bryce took number three for whatever ungodly reason. I don't reason. know why. Just to I don't be, know. Just that's to that's be. kind of where I was getting at. Isn't there 29 other teams that have a crap load of number threes on them? Like, well, every team only has one number three on them, but I mean. I mean, but 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 what, what you're talking about with the Roy Halladay thing, I thought it even spoke even higher volumes that he mentions Michael Franco. Like, th- this is why, and, and every, uh, uh, let me just say this. This is why for all the people that say, you know, you, you obviously could script an interview, right? And a lot of people said, ah, oh, you know what? He was trained really well for this. Listen, there was things he said in that press conference that you can't script. I mean, to sit there and say that I didn't want to ask Michael Franco for number seven because I feel like I shouldn't have to. That's his number. He deserves to wear that. Like, Dude, we're not talking. This is way above Roy Halladay now. You're you've actually looked, and you're you're understanding. That's that's called being grounded, being humble. That's what we call being professional. So it's exactly what you say. So it's an interesting story. Mickey Mantle, Mickey Mantle, wore number seven. Bryce Harper's idol thirty four was three plus four. Ah. That's why he wore that in in check that out in uh, for the Nationals. So he. And I, I, I tweeted out a couple of things, like what's going to be his walk-up. Uh, what's is interesting music, to see what that's going to and be. And what was going to be his number, because I looked at it like that too. And I know, you know, that's kind of weird. But as an athlete, you look at the number situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that he pointed stuff out and, and, and made it a point, like I'm not taking Roy's number. Right. And I'm not going to do that to my teammate, you know, when number three was available. So I um, love it. I love it. And Dad wore it. Uh, his dad wore number three. His brother wore number three. His dad wore number three in the home run derby as he was pitching to him. Which let, let's think about that too. Does that mean this year Bryce Harper gets to you know battle for his crown? Okay, in a Phillies uniform, in the home run derby. Absolutely, he which does. is excellent. When's the last time we had a player in the home run derby? Ryan Howard, uh, Reese, I think was in it. Re- well, oh yeah, that's right. Re- I, I, see, he's so forgettable. I like Reese. He's so forgettable. <laughs> I forgot about him. But nah, seriously, in all seriousness, you know, great signing. We talked about offense. We we'll get to the lineup later. But I got a question for both of you guys before we get to the lineup. Is is this the only move the Phillies needed to complete the process in order to compete for a World Series? And the reason why I asked, I, I want to talk about pitching. And I, I you know, I brought up. I want to bring up 08. And the reason why I bring up 08 is because 2008 was obviously World Series champions, right? So, you know, I I took now, I understand that we can't just look in hindsight and already predict a playoff postseason roster for your pitching staff of, of, of four. Could be three, but I'm going to say four. I did it anyway, okay? And I want to look at, do you think, so in 2008, you go Hamels, Myers, Moyer, Blanton. That's your pitching staff, and we don't have to talk enough about how electric Cole Hamels was in that postseason, okay? But now, if 2019, if we start the playoffs today, our our postseason pitchers would be Nola, Arietta, Eflin, Velasquez. Now, I kept Pavetta off of there only because I still think, even though I think Velasquez should be in the bullpen, his stuff is way more better than Pavetta, so I'm going to throw him in there. So my question to you guys is, is that pitching staff good enough to win a postseason if we get there? And, you know, it, it's it's a good question because are we assembling this team now like we did in 08 where, let's face it, 08 won not by pitching. 08 won because they were mashing the ball and they were scoring five to six runs a game, which is very capable, which this lineup is very capable of doing. So are we kind of assembling the same kind of squad here? And are you comfortable in the pitching going forward? Um. It looks like a very similar squad. It kind of does, uh, right? The The difference is you look at, you know, the one-twos uh, I'm fine with. You know, they are very, very similar. I don't, you know, you could get into an argument. Is it Nola over, over Hamels? I would, have, I would say it was no, it'd be Nola Arietta over Hamels and Myers only because right. of Myers. Simply because of Myers. Wow. You're talking, but, you know what I mean? Well, here, here's what I'm getting at. You look at the back with Moyer and Blanton, and those are gutsy veterans yes. that know how to pitch a game. Kentucky And Joe. you look at Eflin and Velazquez, who are erratic, really sometimes can't find a strike zone. Good point. They're young. Yep. So I'm going with the 08 staff. Now, your other question was, is that enough? 
It can be, but I don't think it is. And no, it, I do not think it is at all. And in our th- go ahead, go ahead, Dave. So you just talk about the starters, and my thing with the '08 team was the seven, eight, nine pitchers that came in in those playoffs. The bridge, the Lidge. So you had Romero, Madsen, and Lidge, which we remember Lidge was perfect, right? And he won fifty-four in a row, or save. And don't forget about Scott Air. Who came in Scott towards Ayer, the end? He was a middle reliever, right? But he, he played a really big role. So, if you told me to go into your question, if you told me that we sign, um, who's the closer? Grim, Kimbrel. Kimbrel. If we sign him with that starting pitching staff and that back end that we have now with David, um, David Robertson. Thank you, David Robertson. Yes, we win. If you tell me that we can sign one more pitcher in Crimble and then. That's it. We're done. You're set. <laughs> I like it. Sign one more pitcher and Kimbrell after no, we no, just no, signed no, Harper, no, just, McCutcheon, Segura. No, just Kimbrell. Well, just, just Kimbrell. Oh, right. Just so you guys know, they have an offer out to Kimbrell right now. Kimbrell is down to the Nationals or the Phillies. And the only difference is right now is the Nationals would have to go above the luxury tax if they want to bring in Kimbrell. And Bryce Harper has already been on the phone with Craig Kimbrell telling him, to try to come to Philly. So, yeah. to your point, Dave, you're right. I mean, that the bullpen's a big deal, right? It's a it's a huge deal, and they did add some pieces yeah. this year in a bullpen. Yeah. Uh, so I I just I just think that we we've been on this show talking about Dallas Keuchel, Dallas Keuchel, Dallas yeah. Keuchel, right? But I don't know if we necessarily need Dallas Keuchel. But I thought the interesting part was we went hard after Patrick Corbin. So we were, and he got a hundred and what, John, hundred forty million or something. He got a six-year deal, yeah. And we didn't want to go to six years, yeah. So we were willing to pay a hundred plus million. Why we still were chasing Manny and Bryce? In my mind, it says they're still looking. So your bank is still there. One name, and John, maybe one name I'm throwing out there, and would have to come via trade is Marcus Stroman. And the reason why I keep throwing it out there because I think that. The Blue Jays have been dangling him out there. I don't know what it would take to get him, but he he's a young flamethrower, in my opinion. He's got electric stuff. He's just been inconsistent here and there. But if you were able to deal a trade for him, I mean, I think that's that would be a big step because uh, I don't think there's any free agents left that are really like, eh, you know what I mean? I'd rather just take my chance with Eflin than bring in some 35-year-old guy like an Irvin Santana who just signed. I mean, I'm, Like a Jamie Moyer. Yeah, I mean, you can, yeah, but you can I'm get them towards saying. the end. You can right. get them towards the end. That's it. Because well, whenever you, you know get what I mean? Look, they should have enough to get their wins. No we fun. started out with Adam Eaton in 08 in that staff. Yeah. Let's yeah. not forget that. Yeah. So all season that John right. brought up that we got. Right. I don't – how many other teams added three all-stars to oh. their lineup? In, the, in an offseason. It's never, I would it's never been to, done. It's never been never done? Never been okay. done. Well, so, I mean. Rosenthal brought that up. As, you know, he did. He, he quoted that. Uh, it's never been done. And, wow. you know, so as much as I can't stand Clintac, and I always can't stand Clintac, um, you know, yeah. let me bring that up real fast. Yeah. Because before we get to the lineup, I'll tell you what, what bothered me about Clintac is, now you just signed an historic contract, okay, for Bryce Harper. And you go on the airwaves the following day, and they ask you the question, you know, which guy did you prefer, Manny Machado or Bryce Harper? And you know what Clintac's answer was? Well, honestly, we were happy with either one of them. So, no. No, that's not your answer, Matt. Your answer is, we wanted Bryce all along. We, we, yeah, we wanted their Manny, but when we seen the price go up to Manny, we thought if we were going to spend that amount of money on somebody, it was going to be Bryce Harper, not Manny Machado. You don't say we would have been happy with either one. What does that say to Bryce Harper? Yeah, right. You know, that, that's why I don't like Clint yeah. Get off the business aspect here. Okay, and then on top of that, how do you as a GM say, they say, hey, Matt, have you noticed that 100,000 ticket sales, you know, number one selling jersey, this and that. His answer was, yeah, you know, I really underestimated, you know, the, the, the kind of, you know, the kind of reaction we would get, you know, economically from the fans. Really? Yeah. So you had no idea what this guy was going to bring? Yeah. I mean, that to me, that shows me. How he's disconnected. Yeah, he I, doesn't I, know. He doesn't know what it's like to be a Philly fan because he's not a normal guy. Uh, yeah, well, that too. Yeah, he's you well, know those it, analytical number yeah, guys. They're dudes. not. They're more computers than. And I'm not taking away from what you said. Like no, I, I agree with you. He's a, 
He's an annoying guy. You don't want to have conversations with him. Let's be fair. He's a tool bag. <laughs> he is. But, but, but he did a great job. But yeah, he yeah. got it done for us. Bottom line. He, I know what I'd like to also and to bring up the interview with um, Harper, his wife. They talked about Middleton yes. and how his wife, wife was a closer on a lot of things. Too. Mrs. Middleton was the closer. Yeah, so that was, you know, they're talking about the Harpers. They're talking about having a family and starting a family and, and starting it here. And and I think that that stuff's pretty cool because our kids. It's on the first now, 0 for 20 streak, and little Bryce gets hit with a snowball. Yeah, was a little Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I said, oh, I'm so proud of you, dude. I didn't say little Johnny. I Not said yet. little Bryce. Not yet. Bryce, Bryce Jr. <laughs> he was hit by a snowball from little Johnny. <laughs> yeah, 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 little Johnny. Little Johnny. Little Johnny messed little him Bryce. up real good. In a Pittsburgh pirate. That stuff don't happen. Yeah, in a Pittsburgh pirate uniform. Poor pirates can't. They don't buy anybody. Yeah, they. Yeah, they don't. Thanks. They stink. You know that's. As that, I'm sporting that, my pirate shirt today, you know that in the past, if we were if if we were sitting watching the Yankees do what the Phillies did, we would be furious, saying, "Oh, they just buy championships." I know in the past, as Phillies fans, we'd like, oh, you know, they just buy championships. There's nothing's homegrown, nothing. Yeah, guess, guess what we just did. We put us in a situation where we could have just bought ourselves a championship, and yep. I'm perfectly okay with it. I am so okay with it. <laughs> it's the name of the game. That, it is. Exactly. It so, so it, let's, in fantasy, yeah. what do you play fantasy for? To win. win a championship. Money. And money. Yeah. Money. Championship money. money. You know what I mean? I need a new TV. Let's play some fantasy football. But uh, we're going to get a fantasy show later. But um, let's talk about the lineup real fast uh, before we move on to some other talk. But, you know, I, I – yeah, Here, here's this is what I'm going to request since since Dave is putting lunch on his lineup being correct. I I don't want I don't want to go before him because he's going to take all my ideas. So I want to know what his lineup uh, is no, first. My lineup's written down. I don't steal anybody's. Line. I don't need your brain in my head. I think the biggest thing in the lineup, honestly, uh, we'll go through the whole thing because John has a great breakdown right here. Is three, four, and five. Okay, I think three, four, and five are are the biggest things we got to think about. Is it, where's Harper going to bat? That's the biggest thing. So, I am I still think I want to bat on fourth. And I know everybody's saying third. Everybody's saying, but my thing is, I, I personally think Segura leads off. I think McCutcheon bats second. And I know I'm going to get killed for this, but I put Real Muto at three. And I would put Harper at four and Reese at five. And, and, and I'll give you my logic. My logic is Romuto moves fast for a catcher, okay? And if I put him in a race against Reese, he's going to win every time. So Reese, to me, cannot bat third. And I don't want Harper at third because he's my he's my big home run guy. I want him in a cleanup spot because I feel if I put Reese five, Harper is going to do for Reese what Howard did for Worth. And I think... That's why you put him at number five. So that's that's where I would put. It. And obviously, after you know, after Reese, then I would put Odubel. Okay, then I would put Franco. Then I would put Hernandez. So that's my lineup. I'm going Segura. I'm going Kutch. I'm going Romuto. I'm going Harper. I'm going Reese. Odubel, Mikey, a little gay reference, and Caesar Hernandez. What do you think, John? I want to hear Dave's. All right, Dave. Wanna, All right, Dave. Wanna, Dave's a big baseball guy. I want. I want to hear his take. Go ahead, Dave. Um. Um. Uh, okay. Yeah. Here we go. He's. He's still well, thinking. Put, I made no, him think I'm, a little you, bit. You, yeah, you did because you put Hernandez in there, and um, um, I'm thinking of my other outfielder. Harper McCutcheon. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so here we go. You got all, I got them all messed up. That's what happened. No, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm, he's trying to, he's I'm trying to multitask over I'm here. He can't do it. Look, he's changing already, John. No, I got it. So here you go. I, I go Kutch leading off. Um, no I, I go, why not? He did it last year for the Yankees. No last way. 40 games. Look at his numbers as a leadoff hitter for the last 40 games of the Yankees. He was awesome. Dude. Real Muto as a catcher will bat second. Second? He bats. He hits the ball all over the field. Right? Hoots the ball all over the field. Now, Harper batting fourth to me, no good. You want Harper up in the first inning. You bat him third. Hoskins at four. Segur, Segur at five. Franco at six. What? And then you go Herrera and Hernandez batting seventh and eighth. 
That's your lineup. I don't like that at all. That's how it's going to go. That's Gabe. That's lineup. lunch right there. You've been talking with Gabe. That's how it's going to go. That's exactly. He's been talking with Gabe. There's well, no way that you don't put Bryce Harper up in the first inning. There's no way he doesn't bat third. I think you got to think about the rest of your team. I do think about the rest of my and team. Hoskins, Hoskins, in between him Hoskins and Segura. Hoskins on a number four hitter, dude. He's been a four hitter his whole life. But I, I, I think you you take the pressure. He bat two forty six last year. Okay. Yeah, it's so, because he that, had a coach moving him from second to <clears throat> third. He played the outfield. He's going to be more comfortable playing in one position. He's going to hit better because he has Harper in front of him and he has Segura behind him, who is an on base machine. You you have to be able to protect I everybody. I get Real it. Muto batting second hits the ball right field, left field, moves runners. You put Kutch, you put because leadoff is not an easy job. Leadoff is not an easy thing to do. You look at all these players that do, that are on this team. The only other one that you could possibly put there is Segura, and I'd rather have the veteran leadership of Kutch batting first. They're, you know how many That's times my, they're going to walk? They're going to walk Harper at the three hole to get the Reese. I hope they do. Uh, so do I, because that's what they're going to do. And then, and then there goes your waste to me. That's a waste to me. They're going to pitch to Reese at three or Real Muto at three. They're not going to pitch to Harper. Not going to pitch to Harper. That's good. You want them on base. And you're putting more pressure on the young guy again. Uh, okay. That's the way I look that's, at it. That's baseball. Uh, look, yeah, I, I look at the, the top two in the order for me. It has to be Cesar Hernandez, McCutcheon, or Segura. I agree. And when I'm looking at that, I'm looking at their on-base percentage Absolutely. over the past three years. And you're sitting there, you're looking at Caesar at 367, you got Segura at 352, and you got Kutch at 356. So Segura and Kutch are pretty close. Caesar's a better on-base guy. Right. This is three-year average. I just don't I mean? trust his bat. Well, you know what? But nobody in Philly has trusted him. You guys wanted him ousted last year. You didn't believe you in him. You guys. Who's yes. you guys? Use, use Phillies fans. Use? Use Phillies fans. I didn't say Yin's <laughs> Phillies fans. But I, lo- I like Caesar leading off. I like Segura in the two-hole because he also has the stolen base ability. You cannot take Harper out of the three-hole like Coach Dave said. Why? I see him as a three-hole because he is an on-base machine. And if one of those guys is, are on, I, I don't. he ain't going to be Barry Bonds where they're, they're going to walk Harper to get to Hoskins, Rio Muto, and Kutch. That's not going to happen. Yeah, why is it not going to happen? Because there's too so, much. So you got a two forty six hitter batting in the cleanup spot, and if Harper's hitting three hundred and he's on fire, you're you're going to pitch to Harper? No, you're going to walk him every time. If you're going to go after, it's the Pat Barrel effect, well, dude. Um, How many times did Ryan Howard get walked? You have to you get have, the Pat Barrel. You have because he stunk. Opinion. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't I'm just have, saying. I wouldn't have walked uh, Ryan Howard when he bats two forty three. But they did, didn't they? Well, then because they idiots. feared the bat. Bottom and then, line that, is, that got Jason worth seventy million dollars down in Washington. I'm going. I'm going Harper at three. Then you got Hoskins, Real Muto, Cutch's batting six, Odubel seven, and Franco at eight. I don't think Odubel's going to be here. By the way, well, I have a feeling. I'm, I'm day. going off right. of what it no, is now. No, you're right. No, I hear you. I'm no, well, just then saying. if Herrera is not here, this, I just this is the great thing about this. Right, the, the, the conversation's great. You guys are close, but you're both wrong so you on your guys, lineup. You guys. We're, we're but, wrong. But listen, that lineup won't even be close to what Coach Dave has on day one. Uh, I love it. I, I can't wait. Uh, so I can't wait. If you get rid of Herrera, then you add Roman Quinn into the outfield. Who can't stay healthy? Right, but and has all the he, talent he in the world, man. First. He could bat first. He could. He could bat first, but Hernandez. I don't know if he, they're going to give him a shot batting first. They did oh, it all year are. last year. They're dropping him right down know, to seven. I don't or eight. know how you remove Kutch from to get a fast start in the beginning of the year and to get everybody gelling. I think you rely on your veteran, but we'll see how it goes. You, you, yeah, but you think about you know before we shift because I, I this has been just taken over by Phillies talk here, but it's because it's baseball, spring training, right? Historic signings and lineup discussions, but Jimmy Rollins. You know, Shane Victorino, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard. Chase Utley's not Bryce Harper. So what I'm saying is Jason Worth J- J- second J- on that. J- Jimmy Rollins, not all the time, by the way. Go back and look. So when Victorino batted second and J, J- Roll batted first, to me that's just like scoring cuts back and forth, right? Scoring cuts, and then Utley at number three. What you know? They did pitch to him, obviously. But how many times did they walk Howard to get to Pat Barrow or Jason Worth when he batted fifth? Okay? A lot. So that's the only reason why I think, listen, 
Obviously, nothing set in stone, and we'll see what happens. But I just I, – I, I want to see Bryce Harper. Well, I'm three. also going to tell you this. I mean, bat four. The way they pitched in 08 is not the way they pitch in ah, 2019. That's true. That's true. Different you, managers, you, too. Uh, and you look at the whole concept. Look at what baseball was then to now. Now the p- teams are using openers. Like, just everything's just different, you know? The, the way they're using the bullpen – Look at the Dodgers rotation. Half the time, those guys don't go more than four or five innings. No, you're right. You're right. No, so you're it's, it's a whole right. different game now. And speaking about a whole different game, uh, you know, great Phillies talk, but the NFL has just been taking over headlines again. Uh, you know, the NFL in general, uh, the Eagles in general. Um, you know, one thing, this Antonio Brown, Lev Bell thing has been, the Antonio Brown thing has just been taken over, and I don't even want to talk about it because it, I, I don't even think it matters. Uh, but at the end of the day, what, what really garnered my attention was to find out with Le- the, the Le'Veon Bell situation where it says there's three teams. It's the Jets, the Bucks, and the Eagles. And the one that surprised it was the Eagles a little bit because I, I, I would love to see him in green. I just don't know how the, the money's all going to work. Uh, I don't know how they're going to try to fit that kind of contract into what they're doing. Even though I thought it was curious that they did come out and say that they will not extend Carson Wentz this year, so you know that's another twenty-five million dollars that I think they we we were looking at to say he's going to get paid, and that's going to wait another year. Uh, you know they they obviously they let Nick Foles go, who I think John you might have called it. You I said I thought he was going to tag him. You said no, so you called that. You were right, uh, and it looks like he's going to sign. What's it? March thirteenth, they can start signing, or March thirteenth, March seventeenth is a big day. Is uh, when uh, he signs with Jacksonville. It looks like, uh, you know, the other storylines. I just keep on going, and then we'll start commenting on all of them. What is going on in Arizona? Like I, what I don't understand. I mean, before we even get to Arizona, look at the Jacksonville situation. So I'm a big Tom Coughlin guy, right? But you extended Blake Bortles, who now you're going to release. And then you're going to pay Nick Foles twenty plus million dollars a year. Big mistake, right? A reason why you had to get a, a guy like Fowler, you had to let go off your defense, right? So now look at Arizona. They fired a coach the first year. They take Rosen number, you know, in the first round, who now looks like they wanted to trade to Washington because they want to take Mary number one because they got this young guy coming in from what Texas Tech Clingsbury Texas I, I I'm not I'm not really good with the college thing but you know this new brilliant mind who wants Mary as his quarterback so just so many odd things and then not to mention Todd Gurley who we come to find out he's got author, you know arthritis you know problem with his league which now we see why CJ I'm, C. I'm Anderson glad, I'm glad the they ran him 300 plus times <laughs> That's good. I just that's usually what I would do with arthritic people. I mean, they 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 a crap load of money they gave, thirty plus million dollars guaranteed. So there's so many storylines in the NFL, and then the Eagles drop. Hey, Bryce Harper signs for the Phillies. Let's let, let's let's one up them. Let's throw out. You know, even though it's not the same significance, but we're gonna sign Brandon Graham for three years. Which I'll be personally honest, I was shocked. I was completely shocked. 31 years old, four sacks in a contract year. Uh, you can all, all make the argument that he's the one guy who gets close but never always gets the guy down. I understand everybody wants to talk about the historic play, the strip sack of Tom Brady. I get it in the Super Bowl. I understand that. But at the end of the day, I was really surprised to see them put out $40 million. Okay, it's not a three-year, $40 million deal. 13 average is about 13.3 a year courtesy of sports track um and 27 million dollars over the first two that's a lot of bread man on a team that supposedly is cap strapped i don't know how it works i always thought Derek barnett was drafted to take the place of brandon graham so you didn't have to extend a 30 plus year old defensive end maybe i'm wrong i don't know Obviously, I am because that's what they did. Uh, you know, so Kelsey, another guy, extend guy who talked talked about retirement a little bit. Uh, they made him the highest paid center in NFL. Uh, you know, he they signed him in the two thousand and twenty one. Okay, eleven million dollars a year for a center. Wow. Okay, 
listen, good for him. I like Jason Kelsey. Just wasn't expecting this from the Philadelphia Eagles. Isaac Salamalo, extension, third year, uh, third round pick from Oregon State, right? Made, uh, what do you mean, 15 starts since he's been an Eagle. We talked about the Wisniewski thing on here plenty of times. We thought Wiz outplayed him, but for some reason, there was a chemistry issue along that line, and nobody liked Wiz. So guess what? Wiz is gone because now you just basically committed to Adis Salamalo for the next, what, three or four years. And then it comes back again to Lev Bell. I mean, do you really think the Philadelphia Eagles have a shot to sign Le'Veon Bell and even something, is it something that you agree with? I mean, is it this guy who wants $30 million in his first two years? Do you think this is the guy that takes us over the top? What do you guys think? I mean, I know you're I a Pittsburgh always, guy. I always have plenty to say. <laughs> no, well, that's what I'm asking. No, I mean, I said he wasn't worth it when he was holding up. So you wouldn't I give said it to it him. Wasn't not what he's asking for. No, okay. no, I would not. Look, it's. I'm not saying that he might not be able to put you over the top, but you're you're going to make your team better spending your money elsewhere than giving in to his contract demands. Now that he he wants guaranteed money and he wants a ton of it. I listen. I love Lev Bell. I do, but I, I actually side with you here. I, I don't think it's financially feasible. Now, different baseball has no cap, right? Football does. So financially feasible, I don't think you're – and I think this is going to be a really busy offseason for Howie because I, and the Eagles. I think they're going to make a lot of deals. You heard they're shopping Michael Bennett. Not Listen, they're shopping Michael Bennett because they just signed Brandon Graham. Okay, I, I don't agree with it. I, Michael Bennett, to me, uh, uh, you know – with all due respect to Fletcher Cox, was your best defensive lineman after your top guy last year, right? Yes. I mean, and now you're shopping him because why? You can't afford him. So, I mean, I just hope that they're going along the same lines here. I mean, I'd rather I seen them have preliminary conversations with the Cleveland Browns for Duke Johnson, asking what's it take to get Duke Johnson on his team, you know, in a trade. I'm all good with that. If you told me that we go into the season with Duke Johnson and a, a, a drafted running back in the second round, I'm sold. I'm good. I'd rather have that, honestly, than spend $15 million a year on Lev Bell. This is my opinion. Uh, I, it, it oh, is. I'm going to tell you, yeah, but the way the run game was last year and not committing to a guy, Le'Veon Bell makes no sense. I know it makes no sense. Because they're not yeah, going to handle the 25 times. They did that out of necessity, though. Well, they didn't have a franchise back. They didn't have a look. But I don't know how. I don't know that they gave anyone enough of a chance. They had four different, four or five different guys. They were all hurt. Oh, look. The year before, though, they had guys. Josh Adams was not hurt. All right. Yeah, Sproles was. Josh Adams was. Clement. No, at the end of the year, they wouldn't even commit to him. Sproles was hurt. Corey Clement was hurt. Jay Jai was hurt. And before Jai was hurt. He still wasn't getting the workload. No, he wasn't because of was Garrett Blunt. No, well, no, when he was healthy. He, I'm his telling back you, was a problem. nobody was a problem. Nobody on that running back squad got more the, more of a work than four weeks in a row. And there was five, probably, I'll bet you, five different guys that led the team. Smallwood, another one. All right? I'm just telling so you. So if they have Lev Bell, does that not happen? They don't give all these people work. I would hope so, but bringing in a Duke Johnson does not fix the problem. That adds the same thing that you've already had. Duke Johnson is not an all-pro running back. You bring him in, all he's doing is replacing Sproles. Yes. You bring a Jai back. You bring all these knuckleheads back. You're not fixing the problem. The so, problem was – Well, you whether, just say you wouldn't pay Lev Bell. Now, all of a sudden, you're saying I wouldn't you pay would. him, no, because I think your team's better off going a cheap route and doing what you did and spending money on a shutdown corner or a receiver I or, agree. A, or an end or a linebacker, call it what you want. Lev Bell is not worth the investment. Yes, he can put your team over the top. What he's You can get three pieces for the price of one, and your team's going to be better with three very good pieces than that one piece. I, I like – that explanation makes makes all the sense, and that's so. In Howie's eyes, the coach has proven that they can have success without paying for a top line running back. So I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Have, with it. But right. the reason why they piecemeal the running back together is because they don't have a stud. They they don't have a stud back that they can hand the ball off to. Yeah, but if the if the line if everybody's doing their job up front and opening up holes, I don't care who you have, you could run through a hole. 
Yeah, I don't know if it's play calling. I don't know if it's the defense that's being called. I'm just telling you, if the line opens up a hole, you could get any one of those guys to run through holes. But here's the thing, now, uh, you know, to 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 kind of play devil's advocate here. I remember a long time ago in Andy Reid era that he wasn't a guy who was comfortable with one lead back. Right? We all thought there's no way. Then Brian Westbrook signed a, a huge deal. And he used the heck out of Brian Westbrook because he was he was afforded that opportunity, which I still think if they did want to spend Deuce the money, Staley, Ricky Waters, he, they they fed those guys the ball. Yeah, but Andy Reid wasn't in the Ricky Waters. Well, whatever, era. you know what I'm saying? So what what I mean is kind of like what Coach Dave's saying is I can see if they bring in Left Bell here, they're absolutely going to give him the lion's share of the work. That's and, what they're going to do. They're not going to sign Jay Ajayi. No, correct. No, right. Um, Sproles is gone. Right, right, right now. Who do you have? Yeah. Wendell Smallwood? Corey Clement. And Corey Clement. Yep. Who showed me nothing last year. Who I was really high on, but showed me nothing. But I oh. I think so much of it's play calling because as a minute Sproles gets in the game, you know you're not running up the middle. You know what I mean? They are, they're using four backs, and I think they made the whole offense predictable because when one of those guys goes in, they know what the tendencies are. That's just my opinion. No, listen, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I see both viewpoints. I mean, it's hard for me to sit here and say – I would not want an electric-type player like Everybody Lev Everybody would want him. It's okay. just, is it worth it? I just look now. at this team. To, to answer your question, in my opinion, to go with that, I, I would – what he gets and what you offer him are two different yes. things. So, I would – I said last week, I would offer Lev Bell one-year contract, similar to what you did to LeGarrette Blount. Yeah, but it, but it doesn't matter. He'll never take that. That's fine. That's fine. He might not – he might only get that. How old is Lev teams? Bell? 27. 27. All right, so essentially he's in that three-year tier right now. Yeah, down, right? Th- spiral right. down. So he didn't play a year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he didn't take the tear on the body, but, you know, reports are he was a little out of shit. You know, it, it, it's hard. You know, obviously he'll be fine. But, you know, three-year deal, three-year deal gets it, maybe four. But for somebody to all from five, I think is ridiculous. No. It's still on the guaranteed money. It's not even the yeah, amount. That, it's so that's the guaranteed what I would do. money. I would yes. do a one-year deal with a higher percentage towards the guaranteed money. See, I would do I'd a three-year. I would do a three-year deal, front-loaded for the first two years. Okay, because you have a lot of guys that come off the books. Say you keep Michael Bennett. Say you're going to keep Jason Peters. Okay, for some odd reason, say you keep Aguilar. I don't know how they do it because of the money, but right there, that's. $35 million between three guys that come off the books next year. So if you can kind of front load that contract for two years, you can fit it under the cap because then you're going to sign Carson Wentz. So I, I think it's doable for Howie. It's just what's going to be left after you sign Lev Bell. What, because I personally wouldn't sign Brandon Graham. Yeah, so going to that, uh, you know, I was shocked that they did it. I too. was shocked. But then you see that that Demarcus Lawrence was franchise tag, yes, right? D and D Ford, Ford was franchise yep. tag. So J- then J- you're J- starting Clowney franchise, which we knew that was going to happen. So you, we just dwindled down the top uh, defensive end prospects. And Brandon Graham, he was, and I hate saying the excuses about the injury thing, but he was injured in the beginning of the year. He had he was he was off the surgery. He was, um, but that's that's a lot of money for um, a declining defensive end, in my opinion. So I'm assuming that they're going to spend a high draft pick at the end somewhere. Um, but that goes on the question now, Ronald Darby. Does where does he at? Does he get franchise? Does he get franchise tagged? Um, Can you really franchise tag Ronald Darby? Out of anybody on our team right now, fifteen million dollars for Ronald Darby. I don't want to spend that. At, 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 I mean, it's not my money to spend, first of all. But ouch. Um, I don't know if that's the right place to go with it. But out of necessity, you look at our team. Um, you might need that. The offensive lineman re- resigned um, Kelsey. I don't really have a problem with that because who are you replacing him with? Uh, we don't have a, an heir apparent to Kelsey right now. Sal Mulo, I'm not sold on him as of yet. I thought Wiz did a better job, which you brought up. Yeah, man, I agree. Um, you know, so this is going to be a really interesting thing. But to add on to the interest of the NFL, and this is great because Jason Witten came out of retirement. Oh, yeah, who cares? Yeah, but it's funny. I, it is. Uh, I, I, mean, I mean, come on, man. And then what he said about Zach Ertz. You see that? I didn't see that. No. Yeah, he came out, and I'm going to ad lib here because I I should have wrote down a quote, but he it said something about uh, you know, 
I'm not going to sit in the booth and watch Zach Ertz break my records or something. A guy like, uh, like a guy that. like Zach Ertz break all my tight end records. Uh, wow. Really? That's what you're coming back for? That, yeah, good job, Jay. Yeah, he, he's yeah, going to job. break his leg in week one. Yeah, good job. So, I mean, the NFL is always exciting with, with all this odd stuff, but it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Lev Bell, I told you what I would do. Arizona, well, they're weird, man. I mean, they're 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 going, moving away from Rosen completely, in my opinion. That well, that's what's weird. But the, not to not to go before we get to that. You you brought up Ronald Darby, and I think it's a really good question because here's a dilemma that the Eagles are in. You look at their quarterback situation, right? Sidney Jones have no idea if he can play. Giant question mark, right? J, uh, uh, you look at you look at Mills, Jalen Mills. Mm-hmm. I I don't think he's a starter. I, you know, I think he's a third cornerback. It's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Avante Maddox showed me a lot. But still, short, small sample size, right? Yeah. So the other guy I relied on was, you know, Rasul Douglas. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if I can trust him as a starter, right? Yeah. You know, Trayvon LeBlanc, yeah. right? Played well. Yeah. But are you willing to go on him as your, your starter? Yeah. And then all you had was Darby, the one guy you can count on. Now he's come off an ACL injury. But if you look at the top 100 free agents – the next available corner is Kareem Jackson from the Texans. A huge drop-off in free agency. Yeah. So the dilemma is Darby's going to get a lot of money thrown at him, mm-hmm. even though he's coming off a serious knee injury yeah. because he's the best out of the bunch. Yeah. Do you commit? Do you tag? This is going to be interesting for a position of need. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling. Keep an eye on this. I, I still think Aguilar gets traded. Mm-hmm. I really do. Uh, his cap number is almost $10 million. And don't be surprised if you see some sort of swap with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Philadelphia Eagles for either Boye or Ramsey as, as a solidified cornerback coming back and, and trading a guy like Aguilar to go with Foles. Don't think something like that may happen. I wouldn't be shocked yeah. because there are two corners out there. They need money now. They have to take some of that money off the books to, to sign Nick Foles. They've already re- restructured Trout's contract. They already got rid of Fowler, right, last year to trade that line. So they already know they need money. So it kind of makes perfect sense. And I'd be happy. Would you be happy going in with – I love Ramsey. Would you be happy going in with Boye or Ramsey as your number one cornerback? Now it makes more sense to me. Now you don't have to franchise Darby, right? So that you could draft a guy. So – uh. You know, there's going to be options. There's de- there's definitely going to be options. But just to see how this all plays out, I think it's it's going to be a wild offseason. To give props to John with the Foles thing, we did discuss if they weren't going to be able to franchise him, it was going to be because of salary cap issues. It was too much of a risk. No. Way too much of a risk. No, I, it really was. I mean, but I, I – Knowing the way how he is, and just knowing the way he's dealt over the years, uh, um, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised at all. I think this was kind of like a mutual thing. I really do, uh, you know. And I think, I think their biggest fear was he was going to go to New York. I do. I think that was their fear. And once they con, once Eli, do you think it was a coincidence that once they said Eli was coming back, and you heard some of the talks about the Giants maybe drafting a quarterback again, and you hear all that, then all of a sudden the Eagles came out and said, "Yeah, you know what? We're going to let Nick Foles go." And then, then the Jaguars talk came in. So I think they they went made some phone calls, and I think they felt more comfortable letting Nick go instead of trying to hold him away from the Giants. So you know, we'll, we'll see. But uh, we end the show in a little, little fun. Uh, you know, we talked about, obviously, you know, being a Fat Tuesday yesterday and, you know, Mardi Gras today and a celebration of what, what the, the end of all meat. Yeah, is the, that, the end of meat day the, or something. The, I mean, it sounds a little crazy. Last day uh, of meat. Last day of meat. But, <laughs> but, 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 but <laughs> the last the last day. I'm, I'm going to fast. Goodbye so, to meat. No more meat. meat. Which a lot of a lot of people out there make make it happy. Season. Yeah, I mean, so what I want to talk, you know, just just a little quick, you know, celebratory food and drink kind of special. You know what I'm saying? Like what, what? Like if you're you're Mardi Gras and you know you're you're last or I should say Fat Tuesday and you're you're a Catholic goer and you're going to give up meat. 
what is your favorite meat? Like what what would what would be your favorite celebration food? If you could only have the food, the, this this specific either dish, this specific food item, the last time before you were allowed to have meat again, what would it be? Do you have any like? Are you just a, a, a see? I'm a cheesesteak guy. And I know that sounds so generic and so cliche because I'm a Philly guy. But let me tell you something, man. You know, obviously, if you look at me, you know I'm not all fruits and vegetables. So, obviously, you know, I, I love a good cheesesteak. And I, I'll tell you what. If you're asking me what I'm celebrating with, I'm celebrating with cheesesteaks. And I'm celebrating with, you know, we're going to say Pat's, Gino's, Jim's, all the. I'm a big Steve's guy. I've always been, always will be. So, for me, it's a Prince steak, Steve Prince of steaks. I got to have a steak and a celebratory drink. And I'm going to go old school on this. And I'm not you're not a big beer drinker. Not a, I'm, not, I'm not a really big drinker in general. But if I'm having a celebrating drink, I'm toasting an old school kamikaze up. You know, so you give me a nice kamikaze Kam- on the rocks. A kamikaze with a cheesesteak. With steak. a cheesesteak. American. American. Not whiz. No, I don't want no whiz. American, no onions, okay? A little, little bit of ketchup and a few banana peppers on there, and I'm good to go. Is it Johnny shaking your head over there? You just ruined it. With How ketchup. did I ruin it? With ketchup. Dude, I put ketchup on everything. I put ketchup on French toast, which my wife says I'm out of my mind. You are. Why? Well, I, explain why? to me why. Because there is probably 99 other people out of 100 that can explain why. I'm not going to waste air time for no, that. No, no. But yeah, yeah, but you should. We we only get a couple minutes. But why? Why does syrup? And I don't say syrup. Why does syrup have to be synonymous with French toast? Look, I am not the. It's not a pancake. I am not the genius of foods, but there is things that go together. There's beers that get paired with dinners, and there's things, and a tomato base of ketchup and vinegar <laughs> does not go with Even cinnamon <laughs> and bread. Okay, so that's just where I'm going with this. So you wouldn't have like an Irish potato dipped in ketchup? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so what would be your celebratory drink? I wanted Dave to go. Or celebratory. No, I wanted. Oh, you want me to go? Look, I'm just, I couldn't even tell you. I, there's not one thing because every day it changes. It might be a good bacon cheeseburger. You like those. May, the, maybe yo, a from brisket. The, from maybe, the general. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe ribs. I, I don't know. I'm all over the place when it comes to the meats. Celebratory drink. Are you a meat lover? It's the end of meat day. (laughs) Celebratory drink. (laughs) Look, fireball is is too cliche, so I'm going to go with a clear, a white Zambuca with a couple coffee beans for good luck. A couple coffee? Wait, 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 what? A couple coffee beans? A couple coffee beans. What is that? When you dip them in the Zambuca? When you go to fancy places, man, you get get a little bit of coffee beans in your Zambuca. Are you serious? Yeah. Why? Uh, is that like no? I'm just I'm just curious if that's is that something that goes together? I, I'm not sure. Yeah, there's yeah, there's something. I th- there's history. Let Dave go, and I'll come back with more on the coffee beans. <laughs> How about you, Dave? What do you got? All right, so uh, my I don't my food like I I would the last thing I could eat. I'm more of an appetizer guy. I would love like a wings, fries, uh, quesadillas. Um, quesadillas. You know that I like. I like that. You like pick foods. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love all foods, obviously. Um, but <laughs> I think that if I had my choice of everything, now, your, like your favorite steak, if you have a choice of that, a sirloin, I mean, I, I would love that. So I'm a New York strip guy. Okay, yeah. I'm a big New York strip guy. No filet mignon, no T-bones, no poorhouse. Give me a, a nice fat piece of New York strip. And I'm a well-done guy, too. Really? But yeah, dude. I'm, I'm no, I'm no, medium, no, no pink. Medium well, medium well Oof, for me. I can't do it. It's, it's, it's just, it's pink enough. Um, <laughs> you don't tell me like the ketchup thing on the French toast has me concerned about. Your Why? Steak. Concerned? Now, listen, I like that concern. Because are you a guy that puts like a one on your steaks? Uh, all right, listen. I'll, I'll throw it out this way because we got a minute left. This, this is so. When I like a topping on my steak. Like a little garlic and butter sauce on my okay. and then I can eat. I eat it with zero, nothing, just just like that. Yeah, no a one. 
But without the topping, I'm A1 thick and hearty, bro. Wow. Yes. Yeah, see, that, that takes away from all the savory juices of the steak to me. Uh, it all depends. Everybody, yeah, everybody's got their Everybody own. got their thing. But it's yeah. the, don't be knocking the ketchup with the French toast. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm that, that's probably one of the odds. Don't be knocking it. Uh, try uh, it. Uh, listen, just saying. I'm not probably not going to try it. but <laughs> Why not? Uh, uh, this doesn't sound good to me. Like like some people, like when I worked in the food industry many moons ago, there was a couple that came in that had French fries and mayo. They dipped their French fries in mayonnaise. I, I've heard of that before. That's terrible. That, I've heard that's of that before. Like, like, I don't know if they're still living, these people, but that's what they used to do. Well, one thing we found out, as we because we're going to have to wrap this up, is get coffee beans in your Sambuca. Yep. Okay? Don't try mayonnaise with French fries. <laughs> And catch up with French toast is the truth. That's all I gotta say. Uh, signing off. Listen, I enjoyed every uh, you know enjoyed the episode as always. Goes by so fast. Thanks for all the support. Your host Tony Catillo at T Catillo twenty three. John Coker at PGH John thirty six and Coach Dave Dixon at Coach Dixon three six five. Instagram at the Heat Ratio, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, whatever you want. Give us a review. Give us a rating and listen to us weekly. We'll talk to you next week.